it's an absolute wonderful privilege to be here in Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya, as we're at the Global Catalyst Camp and just seeing what God is doing here in East Africa, that movements that are exploding. And uh, I, as an Aussie Australian, sit here but celebrating the, the amazing thing that God is doing and also deeply challenged to see, could it be possible? Could it actually be possible that God could do this in places like Australia, New Zealand, the West? And uh, I hope as we jump into this interview that you are deeply encouraged and ignited in faith. And the, the end result is that you abandon your life to what God is wanting to do. So, Ayla, thank you so much for hosting us and joining us on this interview. It's wonderful. Thank you. Ayla, give us a quick introduction about yourself and um, so that we can get to know you. Okay. My name is Ayla Tase. That's my dad's name. So in my tribe, we, we use my father, my, fa- my grandfather's name. That's mm. why Ayla Tase Ayla. Mm. Um, I'm from North Kenya mm. originally. My parents are from Ethiopia, mm. but they settled in North Kenya. Yeah. I'm married to Turu. She's an Ethiopian. Mm. And we're blessed with uh, three children, Moses, Joshua, and Miriam. Uh, I live here in Nairobi and catalyze movement from here to the other parts of the world. But wow. my assignment is East Africa. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. And uh, as, as we sit here... Uh, we're seeing some of the end results of what God is doing. Uh, but take us back into just a quick overview of your journey of, of wh- where did it start for you and how, how did you end up following Jesus and giving your life for, for movement? So I, I was born and raised in, in a Muslim family mm. uh, way up in North Kenya. Mm. My parents and family members have, have no history of being uh, Christians. Mm. The region where I come from is a totally an Islamic mm. uh, part of Kenya. Mm. And uh, growing up, uh, all the things that I did as a Muslim, uh, perfectly trying my best mm. to practice my, my religion because that was what I was taught. Mm. Then I started, uh, you know, started questioning some of the things in my faith because uh, at, at the beginning, when they started telling me about Islam and all the things that uh, I, was, I needed to know, I, I had a question of who is Allah. Mm. And that led me to start searching. Mm. By the time I, I, I went to high school, which was a boarding high school, way up in the border of Kenya and Ethiopia, I had already gotten deeper into seeking. And at that point, I was introduced to a movement within the Islamic faith, mm that was much more about how to spread the religion. Mm. And, and during that time, I, I, I met a Christian a high school teacher who came to teach in our school and was the only uh, uh, Christian teacher in, an, in, a, in that environment of Islamic religion. Mm. And uh, one day uh, when I was struggling and I was dying of cerebral malaria in the local hospital, wow. He challenged me. He first came to see me. And, 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 and Mr. Francis, who, his name was Francis, the very first day he came to our class as an intern from the university, introduced himself, writing on the board and said, my name is Francis, I'm a born-again Christian, to our whole uh, class of a Muslim students. Of course, nobody liked him after that because 
he's an infidel to us. Mm. But when I was struggling in the hospital, Francis came to visit. Mm. And I was surprised mm. that for the week, weeks actually that I was in the hospital, nobody visited me because I was not from the town. And I saw my friends dying of the, celeb- of the malaria and the yellow fever outbreak in the town. And I knew I was going to, to die. And I really struggled. And Mr. Francis heard from the teacher, from the principal of the school, that uh, I will not survive because I had a cerebral malaria as well, wow. not only the yellow fever. And so Francis heard from the principal, came to the school, at least wanting to share the message of the gospel with me. Mm. But at that point, he came with a piece of bread and a milk and, and sat on the bed. And, and I didn't like him as a Christian, but I liked him because he showed love. And before he left, he asked me a question, and he said, Ibrahim, if you die today, where will you spend your eternity? That led me uh, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't ask me to be a Christian because I didn't want to be a Christian. He mm-hmm. said, and your sins can be forgiven. Wow. And so when, after he left, I started hearing this voice that says, your sins can be forgiven. It's a long story there, but that led me to asking Jesus to forgive my sins Mm. but not really being interested in to becoming a Christian. Mm. Because I was a Muslim, I had a good religion to myself. That's, that's how I thought, why should I be a Christian? But when I heard that sins are forgiven and can be forgiven, that led me to ask Jesus to forgive me my sins. And that's how I came to Jesus. Mm. I probably became a Christian, mm. which in the beginning that was not the intention. I wanted forgiveness of sin. Wow. And, and from there... Um, what led you to now uh, be the leader that you are today? Well, I, after that, it's a long story. I went through persecution. My family got to know that. And, and uh, one day, I was kicked out of my family for eight years. Hmm. I couldn't contact any of my families. Oh. And I didn't meet anyone because I was an infidel now to them. Hmm. And, uh, and, and so they denied me, kicked me away for eight years. During that time, I asked God. I, I remember one Wednesday, I, I normally have time of fasting and praying. Mm-hmm. I said, God, what do you want to do with my life? So I told him, next week at 10, I will have an appointment with you. And I'm talking to God. I said, I will have an appointment, <laughs> and you will tell me what to do with my life. Because I lost my family, I lost my friends. I was living with a family as an outcast from the community. And I had no hope. And I was very young. I was at 15. So I told God, tell me. And so I went to this place to pray. And God actually was there waiting for me for an appointment. Long story. (laughs) But I felt God's presence Mm. under that specific tree. Literally, I arrived before the appointment time because I knew he would be there. Mm. The, The person who discipled me, the high school teacher, told me, God is your father and talk to him something that I didn't learn when I was a Muslim, mm. that God is just a being big and powerful somewhere. Different in this time, told me, God is your father. Talk to him and he will wow. respond. Wow. So I treated God like that. I'll come for an appointment and we will meet there next week on Wednesday at 10. <laughs> so I actually arrived before 10 because God will, you know, as an African, sometimes you are late in your appointments, <laughs> but I knew God will keep time. So that's how I arrived. Five minutes into praying, I felt the presence of God around me. Wow. And at that time, I started seeing vision. Mm. And I found myself in the desert, 
and there's a question coming to me standing in the desert can cabbage grow in this desert God led me to Isaiah 43 uh, verse 18 forget the former things I will do new things and so from there I didn't know what cabbage growing in the desert is God opened my eyes to see that 14 tribes which one of my tribe I belong to one of those 14 tribes are unriched people groups in Kenya and they are very Islamic mm. and that part of Kenya is where you find unriched people groups mm. so God told me that this is the cabbages that I am going to grow I will I will allow, you know, I will cause the rivers to flow in the desert. So I went back to the town where I accepted Jesus as a high school student, started a small church. Actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a Bible study with three families, grew into a church, became a denomination. Life and Mission was born out of that. And I kept on pursuing until today, in 26 years, I'm still pursuing the visions of God growing cabbages in the desert. Wow. And so my... Whatever I'm doing today did not started as me wanting to start an organization to become something. Mm. Remember, I'm from a Muslim background, so I did not add church things. Mm. Everything I learned through pursuing this vision of God doing impossible things. Mm. And because cabbages don't grow in the desert. Yeah. And God is saying, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's why Isaiah 43, it is, I will cause the rivers to flow in the wilderness and so uh, those 14 people groups, I, I'm presuming that you're now still the only one that's become a follower of Jesus from those uh, 14 people groups. Is no, that right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, down the line, it's many years, God, uh, through my mother, who had a vision of Jesus in a dream, wow. uh, brought my family to Jesus. Mm. And uh, so except two of members of my siblings, the rest, including my dad, are following Jesus today. Wow. And not only that, God, faithfulness, you know, for him said, I'll grow the cabbages in the desert. All 14 tribes of northern Kenya are engaged mm. and have indigenous leaders and indigenous churches planted and movement has been catalyzing, have been catalyzed, and it is happening. Wow. But it's not only that. I started trusting God for the remaining and rich people groups in Kenya. In Kenya, we have 26. 14 lived in the north, some lived in the coastal Kenya and northwest Kenya. And so now we are engaged with the rest, which are all together 26. Mm. We actually have a team in this, from all these tribes in this compound. Mm. Leaders are here. Mm. And then we said it's not only that. We wanted to trust God for 320 and rich people groups in Horn, East Africa. Horn of Africa and Eastern Africa, wow. any place below Egypt, yes. north of Mozambique, mm. and all, you know, East Congo on that side and all these countries. They're all together about 16 countries. Mm. And there are about 320 unreached people groups in these countries. And so we started praying. Mm. If God has done that, he can do... And I said, you know, so today, out of 320 unreached people groups, we have 157 engagement of those tribes mm. and through years we've seen over 42 movements wow. and for us movement is 100 churches four generations and, yeah. and and so the average now being 10 11 generations but some generation 27 yeah. some generation 18 depending on the tribes mm. so that's what god has allowed us to see wow and we celebrate that because it was god who was doing that I cannot be do that by myself, coming from a Muslim background, mm. being raised in the context of northern Kenya, and seeing these 
things that God is doing. Wow. And that mm-hmm. fascinated me, and I'm so thankful that it is God who is doing it and who is doing it. We're seeing over 40 movements. Uh, with 42 movements. 42 movements, with over uh, more than four generations deep of oh, yeah. churches. Yes. So you're talking thousands of churches uh, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, At least 18,000 churches have been planted through this movement. 18,000 churches. Yes. Wow. Know that number. That is just staggering. Tell us some of the keys of these movements. What are some of the principles or things that you have learnt where obviously it's a work of God? Yep. Um, uh, but go, go help us dig down a bit and just see what, are, what is happening. Tell us some of the keys, the principles the, of these movements. So some of the few principles I'll mention, uh, one is prayer. Mm. We know movement is a God who caused movements. Mm. And so we ask God for it, and, and we, we intentionally have to pray and trust God for it. And so praying for us is a lifestyle. Mm. It's not a program. Mm. We want to be prayerful. We see that happening in the scriptures. Jesus prayed. Mm. Early church prayed. Mm. You know, the apostles prayed. Mm. Why we shouldn't be praying. Mm. Amen. And so instead of just treating prayer as a program, we say it's a lifestyle of a disciple. So there is a lot of prayers that we pray. We ask God, and prayers is for seeking God's guidance, God's mind, and we want to stay in touch with God because this is about Him. Secondly, we look at the scriptures as discovery. We want to see what God is saying, not only talking to God, we want to hear what He's saying through His Word. So discovering process, and that for us is really very, very important as a principle that we listen to Him. As even we pray, we want to see the Word of God, discovering the Word of God, and, and, and listening and learning from God. Obedience is key. Mm. It's a principle. If, God, if, if you are listening, if you are asking God, and you are listening to Him through His Word, then you better obey. Mm-hmm. God expects us to obey, not just to, to know. He wants us to obey. So obedience is key mm. for us. Mm. Um, we ask each other a question, what is God saying? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to obey? Mm. It's very key because multiplication of movement comes out of obedience. And then the place of ordinary people. Mm. God uses ordinary people. We've seen that in the book of Acts. We've seen that in the Gospels. And I've seen that on thousands of ordinary people in movements. Mm. We have... People who have never been to school cannot read and write leading movement. And some of them are in this conference like Margaret. And Margaret leads like 17 teams that are engaging with Turkana people in northwest Kenya. And I listen to that woman and what God does with that woman. This is a woman who goes to the house of a witch doctor and starts a DBS that becomes a church. Mm. I mean, it's an unusual place to go to a witch doctor's house to start a DBS. (laughs) And Margaret, who has never been to school, has a courage to do that. And Margaret is just an ordinary person. Mm. She's not like a seminary-trained Isla. Mm. She's just obedient, and she knows God can do that. Wow. The dependency on the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we need to remind ourselves that this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's the Spirit of God. Mm. It's not like mechanically trying to move things because we know principles. And so how are we going to depend on the Holy Spirit as we pray? Again, dependency on the Holy Spirit for us is a 
uh, a very big principle. Coaching. Mm. You know, how can you coach the process? You know, coaching, coaching uh, people on the process. Mm. They start doing it. That doesn't mean they know everything, even if you've taken them through the training. So we want to give ourselves into coaching. We want to help people mm. so that they can be able to do it. Mm. Leadership development. Mm. We, for us, it's a big thing. If you have a movement, if you want it to multiply and be sustained, you need to develop leaders. Mm. And that's exactly what Jesus did for his movement. Mm. And I'm even surprised that Jesus had to call leaders first before he started movement. Mm -hmm. And by calling disciples, I think he was, he was creating his own team. Mm. Because he knew later on he would leave it to these people and go away. Mm. And these people will have to continue and give it to some other people. Mm. So leadership development became some key principles mm. because no leaders, we say no movements. Mm -hmm. and, and so those are some of the, uh, uh, you know, some of the principles, but, you know, also like mm. loving your neighbor, mm. what we call compassion ministry. And how do you, how do you share practical love? Mm. And then the persons of peace mm. in each you know, in each time that you share love, you know, there are people that will respond, people that God had prepared. Mm. So those are kind of some few principles that we have in the movement mm. uh, that is happening in East Africa. And we pursue these things. Mm. Yes. That, that's uh, fantastic. But speaking as an Australian, we all know this can't happen in Australia. We all know that um, Africa is prepared... Africa has relational communities, Australia, New Zealand, Europe. Uh, these countries, are, they're hard. They're, they're post-Christian. They've walked away. They're individualistic. Uh, what are your thoughts? Can this happen in the West? Well, it's a, it's a common say that it happens somewhere. It cannot happen. I said that. Mm. When for the first time I was exposed to this and I was listening for the whole week, I actually pushed back and said it cannot happen. The fact that movement, somebody was telling us what was happening in India, the fact that it was happening in India, India, Kenya is not India. Mm. And of all the places, North Kenya is even much more difficult than the rest of, the rest of uh, you know, Kenya. Mm. So it can happen. I actually left the meeting not believing that it can happen. Mm. And so if I'm in it today, it's because God helped me to overcome. The problem with me at that point that it cannot happen, it's not because it cannot happen. One, there are two things. One, I had already made myself to believe that it cannot happen. Mm. And it is something in my mind to make myself believe. Mm. And, and, and so to me today, I see that as a disbelief mm. that it cannot happen. Mm. The impossibility was in my mind, mm. not it cannot happen. Secondly, I had a problem of pride. Mm. Why? Because I had done ministries, I planted churches leading a denomination, and a seminary trained person. I worked among the Muslim, and I had planted churches in places where missionaries failed. Mm. And now, somebody cannot come and tell me that things can happen, and I have not seen it within my context. Mm. Later on, I figured out that was a pride. Mm. Because I wanted to defend what I was doing. I, I think I also had a struggle. It's not only you say in Australia, but you talk of Africa. Africa, yes, we have relation 
in terms of our families. But, and it's not also true in some sense, we have tribes, mm. and tribes will always fight. Mm. And, and so it's not like it happens in Africa because we are relational. I don't think so. Maybe within, even within the tribes, clans would be fighting. Mm. And, and so there's a lot of things that makes it seems to be impossible. Mm. But um, so for me, it's when somebody says it cannot happen, it is because we made ourselves to believe that it cannot. Mm-hmm. And, and so the challenges and the belief that it cannot happen, and this is from my own situation, it's what is in our mind. If we believe in the scriptures that says all things are possible mm. with God, mm. it should remain that way. Why, why do we think that some things are possible with God and some things cannot be possible? Mm-hmm. If movement was possible in the context of the book of Acts, why can it be not possible our time today? Mm. I don't think God has changed. Yes, our community situations, postmodernism, whatever it is, has changed much. But God in all generations remains to be God. And he has a way of bringing it to us mm. and make it happen. God actually disproved me. So I went back to those places that I said it cannot happen. And today I see movement, some of them in 17 generation, And that's the same place that I said it cannot happen here. Maybe it can happen in that tribe. Mm. They are much more open. And the tribe that I said maybe it might not happen. Mm. Those are places that it happened. Mm. God to prove to me that he is God, and the word, you know, the, the, the words in the scripture that says all things are possible with God. Mm. So I kind of repented mm. my disbelief mm. so that I will allow God. Actually, um, I was coming back from that trip when I started first learning about movement, and I was sitting at the back of the plane. Mm. And I said, God, what will I do with this? I was actually angry. Mm. I was actually angry. That, that, that somebody's telling me this and, and I'm hearing this, I'm not responding to this. Mm. And, and as I was praying, God told me, like, get out of the way. Mm. So how? I didn't know that I was standing on the way by my thinking mm. and my pride. Mm. And okay, I said, so, so that's, 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 that's why I say it can happen. And God can use anybody and can use anything to cause it happen. But mostly obedient people. Later yeah. on I was obedient. Yeah. And I just gave up myself and said, God, if you can use me to do to catalyze this, I'll be available. Hmm. And and I have to unlearn many things. Hmm. And yeah. like I said, I have a ministry background, seminary. There are so many things that is in me. God has to help me to unlearn those things. God has helped me to be able to be a learner hmm. than to be somebody that knows and tells others to do. Yeah. Those are my situation. That's what I went through. Mm. And, and, and God helped me. Mm. I cannot even say that I was able to do that. I had a capacity to do it. Mm. It's allowing God and say, thank you. Wow. You helped me to go through wow. this. Yeah. I, I think um, what you've just shared, many of us have to journey through. We have to unlearn what we've, we think so strongly. And th- that... Uh, sense of pride versus humility and a sense of hunger and that possibility that God could do this and to jump into the flow, the river, the stream uh, is what we need. It's like the lifting of the veil on our eyes to see the possibility that God could work in our nation, in our time, in our day, in our generation. 
There are so many people that if if nothing happens, they'll go to a Christless eternity and they'll die without Jesus. And unless we're driven to our needs in desperation and hunger and join with God's heart for his children who he doesn't want to see go. So we desperately need to go through that process and uh, all holds off. Nothing's, Nothing's sacred. God, do it in our hearts. Let us have faith for the West. How, if, if I was sitting here and hearing this and think, going through this and thinking of, well, maybe God could do something in my area, in my nation, how would I pursue that? What would be some of the next steps that I could jump into? So, again, movement is what God makes happen, but he mm. uses the obedience of us, the catalyst. Mm. God works with us. That's why we say we are co-laborers with God. Yeah. And, and as we obey God, one, I want to say, it is possible. Mm. And the reason why I say it is possible, because the scripture says it is possible with God. Mm. Secondly, I want to say that God himself, God himself, mm. as he causes uh, that desire in us, it's possible to cause that the same desire in many others. And that's what, where I benefited from. So, thinking of the West, mm. the, for me, as what I have seen traveling in Africa, mm. and you talk of some of the countries that I don't want to mention names, because there's, in Africa they're seen as closed countries to the gospel. Mm. In deep those places where even Christians are threatened, today there are movements. Mm. And this teaches me that God has no boundaries, Mm. And there is no way that we can just say it is impossible. And so where do we start from? One, I will start from the place of prayer. Mm. And I will encourage us to pray for movement. Trust God for movement that it is possible. Secondly, I want to say that uh, God uses our obedience. Are we obedient? Are we even attempting? Are we believing God for that? Mm. This is where personally I've been helping catalyzing people. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in Namibia. And after I came back, it, it didn't last a few days when somebody says, I have found my personal peace. <laughs> and, 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 and this is what God has, and a number of them started seeing now today, or since that they started doing DBS, and they were posting on the walls of WhatsApp. And so how can we believe and take step of faith? <laughs> Even if you are not sure about how much, what's going to happen. Just take a step of faith. Mm. Go out and find a person of peace. Mm. Trust God for what he can do. Mm. And so my encouragement is trust God mm. to start. Mm. Fantastic. And, 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 and sometimes people will struggle with whether it can happen or cannot happen. It's like, you know, you, Jesus said, even in, in, in Luke 10, raise dead as you go. You know, as part of one of the instructions is, you know, as you go, you know, cast out demons, raise dead. And people ask me, did Jesus say that to raise, did he tell us to raise dead people? It is in these instructions. Mm. And I said, I will pray when I find on my going, I see somebody, I've just died. And if I'm led that way, I will pray for that. Mm. I mean, he said that. It is him who knows what to do with that. Mm. I'm not standing there like, I don't know whether I need to pray for this. I don't need to pray for this. If I'm led to pray for the dead person to arise, I will do that. Mm. And so my encouragement 
is to say trust God for a movement. Amen. And that's what I say, trust God for a movement. We've been trusting God for so many things. Why not for a movement? How can movement be exceptional? Mm. And, and as we do that, uh, you know, when I started this, I went to a country led by God, and I didn't know anyone. I said, God, I want to trust you for this. Mm. On my way out of the airport, uh, I got a taxi to take me to a hotel that he recommended, a taxi driver, because I didn't even had a booking for a hotel. That taxi driver became a person of, of peace. And later on, that taxi driver became a movement leader in that nation. Wow. And I totally looked at God. <laughs> you prepared a taxi driver who was on a business to become the person who will take me to a hotel. I discipled him later on because we developed a relationship through that. I told him, will you help me to take me around so that I can see places? And then he became... So I spent three days, him taking me around, take, took me to his house to know his families, and I started doing DBS, things happen, and today he's a movement leader, and he's part of our team. Wow. Only God can do that. Mm. And I said, God uses our intentionalities. If I said, I don't know anybody, I can't go to that country, I would have missed my brother, who's leading a movement today. And in that nation, today there are multiple strip, streams of movement because of this person. So I want to encourage my brothers in the West, that it is possible be intentional and trust God and have faith that it can happen in your nation, your time. And that's all I can say because movement is God himself moving by using ordinary people, obedient people like us.